0: Congregation of Jesus Christ, we are looking again at the parable of the prodigal son. Specifically, looking at the younger son's return. Jesus, in this parable, is speaking to the people there, to us today, in relation to the reality of of leaving and returning. Leaving home and returning home. The young man has left. And in leaving, he has caused much hurt and pain for the Father. And that reality of leaving the Heavenly Father who loves us as his dear children is is something that continues to, to be part of our lives, people's lives in a fallen world. The sin that is in us, the sin that is in the world, causes us to turn our back on the loving Father. Move away from the faith, from the love of Jesus our Savior, and most specifically, too, from the church. And so this reality, this constant pull, we, we shouldn't be surprised when we feel it in ourselves or when we see it in others. That's a constant reality that Jesus is expressing here part of a sinful fallen world the pull is is internal from our hearts sometimes our own hearts grow cold and that reality of wandering of wondering is a strong pull ignoring the blessedness that's there for us there's also the pull of of the world itself the the life of riches and pleasures as jesus says in luke 8 That sense of a very attractive, inviting, living world without God. Very, very much presented to us every day. A constant pull, then and now. So the parable speaks about the younger son who is drawn away. And we looked at that last time. The things of this world. But what does he find? Very, very much the reality, he finds that after leaving, he has nothing left. There is nothing for him. And so in the parable too, he loses his money, his health, his honor, his self-respect, his reputation. There's a powerful picture in the parable that Rembrandt tries to capture in his painting this famous painting in relation to this parable, The Prodigal Son. And so Rembrandt himself just tries to capture that picture of the younger son. The younger son is... Do we have the picture? Nope. Maybe we do. There's a picture that that he paints of that, that younger son who has lost everything. And, and the contrast between the father and the older brother and the son. Where the son, his head is shaved, a, a sign of hardship. he is in rags. And, and while his father and brother are in their fine robes, then the son is, is just all ragged. His, his shoes are, are worn. And, and he is just the picture of emptiness, of humiliation, of defeat and and the sense of of the parable the that whole lure of oh it's so much better without god it's so much better without faith it's so much better without the christian hope is a lie clearly pictured here pictured in the parable too the the lies of satan tempting and the lies of the fallen world so in the end the in the parable, the younger son finds himself alone in the far country. And that's really the, the picture of verses 15 and 16, where, where he is without anything and all alone, without any money his friends have left, without, without uh, any work, and even the man who is hiring him doesn't care about him at all, doesn't feed him, and is not sensitive at all to the fact that the Jewish people are, are, are not supposed to be involved with, with the hog industry at all. That, that's just not part of who they are. But it doesn't matter. There's no connection. There's no caring. The, the young man is completely alone. In that sense, one of the biggest things in our culture, in our modern world, you ask people, how are you? And they say, I'm lonely. That, that loneliness is a mark of a godless culture that we live in. People are just alone, not feeling cared for by others or by God. And, and that, in this parable, is so ironic because the younger son had everything. He had the fellowship, he had the care, the love of his father, the love of his family. He had it all, and now... He is all alone. And so Jesus is painting a picture in this parable of the dangers of leaving, of the consequences of sin. That's a warning initially that he gives, a warning that needs to be heeded. But that's not the point of the parable overall. There's definitely a warning in it, and we can receive that warning and be warned. Watch out. Resist those temptations. But the warning is not the point of the parable. There is something much greater. There is, uh, 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 the parable is being told that it, it draws us back to the Father. That it's not fear, but love that moves us. And it's not the threats of, well, if you do that, you're going to lose everything. No, it's the knowledge, the assurance of everything you have in Christ, in God. That's the invitation. And so Jesus in the parable speaks about the younger son, the leaving, the loss that he uh, experiences, the lostness that he finds himself in. But in presenting the story, he he turns to the hope of returning. And as it's true that sin always lures us and seeks to draw us away, on the other side, it's equally and even more true that God draws us back in his grace, in his love. There is a, a desire, there is a pull. There is the younger son coming to his senses, verse 17 of Luke 15. Now there's much discussion about that. What exactly is that? That the younger son came to his senses and said, I will return to my father. I will return home. What, what was it that shifted in his mind, in his heart? And overall, it's, it's the, the, the rest of the story pictures what he remembers and understands to be home. His true home. What, a, what an amazing place, this home that he has turned away from. And that, that is, is one of the most touching things in the parable itself. Where is home for him? His father's house. Then the younger son wants to go home again. It's so good, and it evokes in him just a knowledge, an assurance, a wonderful sense of being home. So the sense of returning home is key in this parable. The son has left home and everything that it involves, and he longs now to return home. One of the things over the summer in studying Henry Nouwen was was His his sense that that we are all on a journey, all of us, and we all experience times of being pulled away, and and God is always trying to draw us home. That's that's the biblical sense of, of God reaching out, reaching into this world, reaching into our lives. So on our walk of faith in this world of sin, there's always that invitation, there's always that, that offer, that, that welcome, come back home. Be home with your Heavenly Father, that clear spiritual center, that spiritual home. So that's what Jesus is trying to describe here. There's a longing for that goodness, for that love, for that grace. In, in looking at this parable, I just reflected back on my life as well and thinking generally about home, where is home for you? Uh, yeah, Lacombe, here we are, gathered in Lacombe. And, and Bethel Church as our church home. I know people have moved here from different places, and, and so now this is home. I, I was born in Nova Scotia, in Kentville, so my birthplace, but I've only been back once. And that's not home for me in in the years of growing up. My father was a pastor and and we lived in Ontario in a couple of places, Barry and Listowel, we lived in b c in duncan and terrace and and okay, those are places I remember, but they're not home for me there's the sense of of going. Too, through education living in in ontario again different schools living in uh, edmonton living in grand rapids at the seminary uh, living in lethbridge for a while you have all kinds of places but none of those are home going and ministering in dunville ontario we were there for a number of years we were in tabor for a number of years where is home what what is that that central sense of where's home my wife she of course was born and raised here so there's more of a sense Lacombe is home and and that sense of okay you know people you know the area this is home there's a sense of of people coming home now yeah terry mentions aaron comes home uh, you know justin's here from lethbridge this is home carla's here this is home where where is home for you that sense of coming home where you are welcomed, where you are accepted, where you know, those realities are what Jesus is getting at on one level, but then much more so than a physical or geographical place. That sense of home that we have of a place is just a small sense of what God wants to invite us into no matter where we are, that we have A home with him. So Jesus is expressing that in this parable. He is looking and and expressing a place where where you are loved and accepted, a place of peace and joy, a place of of security, of care, of connection. and, And all of that is what Jesus is offering. A place where you belong is one way of putting it. And in our Confession to Heidelberg Catechism, question one speaks about what is your comfort in life and death, and it's that you belong to your Savior, Jesus Christ, and that this is where you are at home in your faith, in your trust in God, in the saving grace of Jesus. So that reality is is being presented here. In the parable itself, Uh, we see that home is stronger than sin and shame. The younger son, who has left everything, how can he return? But the parable shows sin and shame are overcome by the love of the Father. So often they prevent us from returning home. But in the parable, to know deep down, the young man comes to his senses, say, doesn't matter. This is still my home. This is where I belong. And, And he leans on the forgiveness and the grace of God, and he receives that. This word of Jesus, come to your senses, is a great truth of the parable for us who struggle often, that we can have that assurance, that home. When he comes to verse uh, his senses in verse seventeen it's it 's the first thing he says that has made sense in verse eighteen. he says, "I will go back to my father that 's where true love is, joy and peace, where he is welcomed and accepted and this thought takes hold of him and draws him into that wonderful circle of home. So we see in the parable that that returning home, it includes confession. He does make the confession in verse 18 and 21, acknowledging his sin. That's part of coming to his senses. But beyond that, he turns to home to receive faith and love. The wondrous picture of what home is like. And that's really what what uh, the parable centers on. It's remarkable in the parable, the audacity of the young man to leave. And we looked at that two weeks ago, in terms of that he asked for his inheritance, that that he went away, that he spent it all. That's awful, that's terrible. And people hearing the parable would have, have initially thought too, that what awful that, what that young man did. But the the much more amazing thing is how the father responds here. And the picture Jesus paints, and as he's telling the parable, here he's telling it with wondrous joy, because it is completely beyond expectation, the love of the father and the welcome home that this young man receives. So in verse 20 of Luke 15, what, what, what a picture that the father is running to embrace us. That the Father, in doing that, that, that's unheard of. That would not ever be the case. But it is the case, coming home to our Heavenly Father, humbly seeking His love. Then the kiss. It says in verse 20, He kissed Him. That makes it clear to everybody who's watching, and, and the pictures of people watching the Father running out, what is He doing? And that He kisses Him is acceptance. To receive Him in love. Beautiful picture. In verse 22, the robe, the robe is a sign of honoring him. Well, the young man has come back and said, I'm unworthy of any honor. I'm completely unworthy. The father throws the robe on him. Honored in forgiveness, in grace. That's that's unheard of. The ring is receiving the inheritance again. He's received his part and squandered it all. But receiving the ring is to receive the family rights again. And, and everything is forgiven, covered, unheard of. But a ring is given. The sandals are for free people. He who was a slave in that far land and a slave in terms of he wasn't worth anything more, he's given sandals again to be the son in the father's house. So it's it's an amazing reception for a miserable sinner. Seeing that, and that was a hope in the back of the mind of the young man when he came to his senses, just maybe a little bit of that might be for me. Seeing that, though, in the parable wouldn't we want to return? Wouldn't we feel welcome, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, with that picture of God the Father coming and welcoming sinners like us? So Jesus is picturing that wonderful welcome. It's it's way more than could be imagined. It is so striking, so beautiful. It's the center of the parable. It's the hope of, That draws us. It's summarized in in many places in the Bible, just one verse, 1 John 3, verse 1, where it says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us. That's, That's the parable of the prodigal son. How great is the love that he lavishes on us. Completely undeserved. That's the gospel good news that we continue to proclaim here in this church of Jesus Christ. This is the home that's awaiting, a spiritual home, a place where we can dwell in confidence right now, wherever we are by faith. And who would ever leave that to receive that again? Who in their right mind would ever consider living anywhere else? Come to your senses is the invitation. And along with that invitation is come to the feast. It says very specifically, the father in verse 23 killed a fatted calf. Let's have a feast and celebrate in verse 24. So they began to celebrate. This is the feast right here. This is the feast being talked about in the parable the feast where we celebrate the grace of God. The table is set before us this morning. We are invited again to come to this table, acknowledging indeed our unworthiness, but seeing in this feast the extravagant grace of God for us again this morning. Amen. We're going to respond in singing a song of invitation number 535. Come to the Savior now.